We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin, live on the Locker Room app. And I have my co-host... Taylor Peterson along for the ride. Taylor, what's up, man? I mean, look, I love the locker room app. I love it. But we're having some te- technical difficulties tonight. Um, the Only the host is able to speak through the, uh, the their microphone, their audio equipment. So uh, you guys are stuck with me talking off of my cell phone like the uh, old-fashioned days. You <laughs> peasant. <laughs> hey, it's like uh, when you guys started up the Thunder Mom pod. Well, it didn't really get started, but this is what you guys did when the, uh, you, you recorded your first ever podcast episode. Oh, yeah. It was – let's not bring that up, right? In the archives. Let's let's <laughs> let's leave that – God, those early ones were bad, man. <laughs> they were bad. I wish I – so, I, oh, I mean, just a, a little behind the scenes uh, early on, uncontested, uh, when we finally got our group together. And we were trying to come up with a name. Jacob was still going by Thunder Mob on Twitter. So we said the Mobcast. Um, and that's when we found out about Jacob's uh, secret podcast that never kicked off. Yep. <laughs> yep. I've been, I've been through the ringer with the podcasts, man. But hey, we now have the uncontested, uh, right. the, the GOAT <laughs> podcast, if I do say so myself. <laughs> no, we take tons of influences from other NBA pods. I, th- I think it's impossible to have an NBA podcast and not do that. True. So, True. Taylor, before we dive in today, we are finishing up 
Thunder player grades. We were going to do a week on shooting guards and a week on point guards, but there would only be two players each week. So we decided to combine <laughs> the two and we're going to end a week early and do some, probably some draft stuff next week before the draft lottery, uh, which will happen two weeks from now uh, that, Oh boy, Taylor, the Super draft excited. lottery. I'm Can't getting like, wait. more and more anxious, more and more excited. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, hey, you know what? Speaking of, before I ask you what I was going to ask you, we're yeah. going to do it. We're going to do a spin live right oh, here. Oh yeah, right now. we're talking. I'm ready. One okay. Five. Th- those of you in the chat, I know you guys can't see my screen, but we are we are spinning the Tankathon sim right now. Here we go, Taylor. Tell me your guess before I hit the sim button. Oh, I'm going to go 318 on the first one. 318. Here we go. Oh, 618. Dang it. Not good. Spinning it again. 618. Spinning it again. There it is, Taylor. 318. Okay. Okay. 318. Um, I have pressed sim lottery so damn much on this website. (laughs) Three quarters of Tankathon's traffic is just me. That's all it is. Um, Taylor, anything from from the playoffs that jump out to you uh, since the last time we talked? Oh, man. Um, Well, obviously, Luka and the Mavericks get eliminated. Um, Kawhi just went unreal. However, speaking of that, last night's game, the Jazz, seeing Donovan Mitchell just go toe-to-toe with Kawhi. uh, There, especially down the stretch, Kawhi struggled some, but you have to give a lot of credit to – how the Jazz defended him. And also, I think him and PG were just off in general. Regardless, I think that's going to be a really fun series. And I I'm, I really was wrong about Donovan Mitchell early on, and he continues to gain a fan in me. Uh, big Donovan Mitchell guy. And then also, the, obviously, the, the series that's on tonight, Game 2 being the Suns um, and the Nuggets, Again, just another series. I it, like everybody was talking about the Bucks and, or, yeah, the Bucks and the Nets, but that that Suns Nuggets series was, was the one I was most excited for. And Game One oh, did yeah. not disappoint. The first quarter has not disappointed so far. Game Two, um, I'm really excited. Uh, it, it's great to see and also hear reports from Chris Haynes today that Chris Paul's hopefully um, close to being completely healthy with that shoulder nerve injury, whatever he was battling there in Round One. So with a healthy Chris Paul, and obviously with Booker doing what he's doing, uh, and Aiden being dominant, uh, shout out to Kamiar. We were talking about that in our Slack before we jumped on here. Just really fun stuff. Um, and, and I am kind of excited to see how, how the Nuggets can respond. What can Jokic and MVP do? Yeah, and Will Barton back for the Nuggets tonight, which is a big deal. Big, big, good point. I, I'm really excited about a lot of these series, but I just can't shake the inevitable – disappointment that the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the title. Yeah. It, it just can't shake it. Way. Even without James Harden, they're just so dominant. Um, Makes me mad. Yeah. Agree. But at the same time, like, I don't know. We, we haven't gotten to see Kevin. Dur- we look, I feel about, I feel about Kevin. Dur- <laughs> I feel a certain way about Kevin Durant that many people in OKC still feel. Uh, but with that being said, there's nothing quite like watching PKD. Um, healthy KD in the NBA. And um, it's been really kind of nice and refreshing to see, but he hasn't gotten to do it in long stretches. He really hasn't been challenged yet since coming back. So what I really want to see is a game where he just goes full KD. Um, that's something I'm kind of looking forward to, as crazy as that sounds. But at the same time, I'm with you. It just almost feels inevitable. So I'm hoping yeah. when the Western Conference teams can come out and uh, get them around for their money. 
Hey, Philly Atlanta has been really fun so far as well. True. I still have Philly in that series. And Taylor, you and I talked a little bit about this last night, but it kind of feels like hopefully we're on a collision course for a Phoenix Utah Western Conference Finals. And those teams are very, very similar. And so like I'm excited. We were tweeting about this. Was it last night? Yeah. I yeah, it was, was last night. Both teams have a vet, have a vet. Yeah. They have a vet point guard. They have a superstar shooting guard. Yep. Uh, they have defensive minded bigs. They have and very a, talented young bigs. I mean, yes. Gobert's uh, still fairly young. Jitterbug backup point guards. Yep. Parts uh, long, campaign. Yep. Long rangy defensive minded wings. Yep. In uh, Bridges and in O'Neal. Uh, both teams shoot a lot of threes. It's just there's there's a lot of similarities. And then you I have think. Quinn Snyder versus Monty Williams as yeah. well, which is a fun chess chess match there. It would be uh, it would be fun. It would definitely be fun. Um, only other thought I had on the playoffs. You talked about the Utah series. I tweeted this last night, but I also want to be on the record on the podcast. I see a little bit of Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Suggs, and that gets me really really excited. Mm-hmm. He he, it's the scoring. Uh, and the scoring threat, the, the scoring and high. like the Ooh. the power athleticism, okay. right? Yeah, that's like he's very explosive. Donnie is a little explosive. a little bulky, right? Yeah, um, but he's definitely like a two footed jumper, um, practical athlete, athleticism type of guy. They're both, see both fast, fast. I can't talk. Gosh, tongue twisters. Fast twitch athletes, one hundred percent. Yes, step is so powerful and quick. Ooh. I mean. I, I think the Drew Holiday, Donovan Mitchell comps for Jalen Suggs are definitely there. And holy God, if you can get that guy in Oklahoma City, sign me up. Mm, I mean, yeah, you, you know I've been a huge Jalen Green guy um, as far as one of my – I mean, outside of K, probably my top favorite top five uh, prospect there. But again, I mean, I'm I'm very, very, very sold on Suggs next, next to SGA if the Thunder are fortunate enough. I mean, you really can't go wrong. Um, Mobley is probably the one, maybe even more so than Kaminga, that I'm like least excited about, which we'll get into in the coming weeks. Um, but even then, if the Thunder drafted um, drafted them, I, I'd be the number one Mobley, Mobley fan yeah. <laughs> the very next day. So, again, just uh, really excited for June 22nd. But that is a fun comparison there. Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jalen Green. I like that player comp. I love Donnie Mitchell, and if the Thunder could get a guy like him, man, sign me up. All right, Taylor, let's jump into these player grades. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, we are doing both shooting guards and point guards tonight, so we will have four players. We are handing out grades to Svi Mihailuk, Lou Dort, Teo Maladone, and Ty Jerome. Jerome. Let's, now, oh, really, go ahead. Really quick disclaimer again, just for the second week, because I know some of you all are tuning in didn't listen to last week's, etc. cetera. Uh, we did group Shea into the small forward simply because, again, one, timing and just having <laughs> enough players to talk about each week at, at the position. Um, two, on basketball reference, that was uh, what they listed him at, playing the most minutes as. Yes, when he's on the court, he's playing point guard. He's handling the ball primarily. But me, like, for example, I think it was last season where you have Chris Paul and uh, you know Lou Dort and Shea all starting. They did list Shea as a small forward. So you go onto the Thunder website, it actually shows both Shea and Jerome, this was interesting, as guard forward. Now, yes, Shea's a point guard. But all that being said, we covered him last week. Yes, and go back and listen to that for his grades. Compare him to the guards um, in this week if you want to. 
but that's it, not Tay included. Yes. No, no. Thank you for that, Taylor. And yeah, we know Shea Gilgis Alexander is the main ball handler, right? We got a little bit of pushback on Twitter from this, this past week. We are very aware of that. Like we use our eyeballs when we watch basketball. We were just strictly going off what basketball reference has the projected uh, percentage time at each position. So that that's where that comes from. Uh, also, if you have not listened to the previous player grades, we are grading based off of expectations for the player coming into the season, their performance, their stats, their growth throughout the year, their impact on winning, and then lastly, their contract, kind of taking everything into account. So Taylor, with that said, I will let you start us off. Tell us a little bit about what you thought of Svi Mahailuk. I was wondering where you're going to start. Okay, so with Svi, um, again, a guy kind of a, uh, obviously in the Hamadou Diallo trade, um, was very tough seeing Hami go, my beloved Hami, um, especially after a little bit of a resurgence here in the, in the first part of the season with the Thunder. Last season was very bad for Hami. <laughs> you guys can go back and listen to our podcast and see my tweets. Um so when Speed came in, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I thought it was a great gamble on a guy who kind of struggled um, early on in his career. Or I shouldn't say early on in his career. Um, well, yeah, it's only, wow, it's only been two years, but he's been on, what, three different teams now. That's kind of crazy. Um, all that being said, Speed, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect with him coming in. Um, knew he was known to be a shooter. Um, didn't really know a lot else. But all that being said, that expectations, I think, is the first thing that sticks out to me. Low expectations heading in, and he exceeded those. Um, funny enough, it was like that first like two weeks or so that he was on the team, was starting to get playing time. He wasn't really you know, lighting it up from outside. It was his dunks <laughs> and his defense that really stood out to me, stood out to us. You guys can go back and listen to that. That was a fun stretch of the season there where, again, the Thunder were definitely starting the whole uh, tank if you want to call it how it is in the second part of the season, but guys like speed having highlights and playing as well as he was, was really fun. Again, just like there's one point, I think like in a, I, again, off the top of my head, it was like a three or four game span. Maybe it was a two week span where he had more dunks um, in that span than he did in his, you know, entire time at Detroit prior. Um, so that right there was, was a lot of fun, but he did start to find his stroke. And I was looking at basketball reference, looking at some of his stats and some things that jumped out to me with OKC. If you compare the second half of his season, essentially, it was almost the halfway mark when he got traded to OKC. Um, he was shooting 37.7% from the field uh, with Detroit on 6.2 attempts overall. He basically raised his his attempts uh, his his field goal attempts per game by about three so he he averaged 9.4 field goal attempts per game which seems like a lot with okc again he was getting a lot more playing time but the biggest thing for me is he that was on 43.8 percent from the field uh, field goal efficiency which is kind of the biggest one i always like to look at 52.3 percent from the field which would be the second best of his career um he 2019 2020 with Detroit he shot a little or had a, a little better field efficiency. Um, all that to say, I was pretty impressed with Speed. Also his defense. Again, he was able to use his size, um, his aggressiveness, and there was times. Again, it's hard to judge <laughs> with some of the lines that he was playing with in that latter part of the season. But he did kind of come off the bench there and was almost a sort of spark plug uh, for that second unit, which again more of a third or fourth unit. But um, definitely a guy I could see sticking around and potentially getting one of those last roster spots next season, as crazy as that sounds. Um, 
and and I think if you would have told me that that I'd be saying this at this point um, in the off season prior to to the trade happening, I'd be very surprised. So I think all that to say, the biggest thing for me with speed was just the expectations versus reality. Um, he definitely blew my expectations out of the water because I didn't really have much for him heading into um, the trade. Yeah, I agree on the expectations aspect. You know, I didn't know what to expect from him. Uh, you kind of ran through all the stats that that I was going to mention as well. So we've kind of already covered that as well. Svi is interesting to me um, a little bit. I, I don't want to call him old. He's just about – he'll turn – oh, wow. Uh, when this podcast drops, he will officially uh, be on his 24th birthday. Oh, wow. Oh, 24. Holy cow. Yeah, That's so he, than I thought. Yeah, so he's still pretty young. Huh. Um, interesting player. Like you mentioned, he's known as a shooter, but for his career only shoots 36%, which is right around league average. Yep. Uh, this season total, uh, between both Detroit and Oklahoma city shot about 33% on 4.8 attempts a game. So not, not a ton from, from speaking on the shooting aspect. I think he is the kind of guy who can space the floor that you want. Uh, I, I don't have a ton of, you know, hopes for his ceiling, but, um, you know, he might end up being like a long-term, just a nice rotational piece. So Taylor, what are we going to give Svi for a grade? Mm. I mean, as highly as like, (laughs) as I seem to talk about him there, um, I, I mean, like uh, people probably expect me to give them like in the B range, but just like you said, the ceiling, I don't know. He didn't blow me out of the water. And again, what he was doing was against um, oftentimes some decent talent, but not really with, he's had way more opportunity than I think he's going to have moving forward. Now that could be a good thing. That means he could fit alongside some of these other guys, maybe a little better with a more um, specific role moving forward in in coming seasons. Um, But it also gives me a little bit of hesitation as well. I I don't know. I'm really torn on him. So for that reason alone, I think I'm going to go with the C plus. Maybe that's a little harsh uh, if, if we're taking expectations into that, but I think C plus is pretty fair just for his play overall. I think that's good. I was going to go B minus. Okay. Yep. So um, that brings up the question. And I actually, I think Nate here in the chat asks, uh, do we think they will re-sign Svi or will they let him walk? And Taylor, just for reference, uh, on roster for the Thunder next season, Al Horford, Shea Gojus-Alexander, they can decide to bring back Gabriel Deck. So that's three. Poku, Baisley, Jerome, Maladone, Williams, Dort, Roby. That's 10 guys right there. Um, and then you're looking at um, probably at least three draft picks coming in. That puts you at 13. Right. Five draft uh, picks in this coming draft. You include the second rounders. Uh-huh. You consolidate, but even then. You have, and that didn't include guys like Moses Brown. Yep. Um, Jalen Horde. Tony Bradley, uh, Tony Bradley, Mike Muscala coming back. So, yeah. does Svi find himself back on the Thunder next year? So, in a, like a normal, I say normal year, in, in seasons past, um, I think the, the Presley would want to re-sign him just to be able to even uh, work out like a sign and trade, or to be able to trade him down the line, whatever it may be. But like you said, just the way the roster is shaped out um, with all the different bodies that OKC has and more youth coming in. 
I think they're just going to go ahead and let him walk. Um, you know, and Speed was able to kind of show what he's able to do on the court this season, and hopefully that's enough to get him picked up by another team. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, I think I would probably agree with you. Uh, if I had to place a bet right now, I would say they probably let him walk. Um, but that's a, that's a hard one to kind of gauge. It is definitely. So it's let's definitely. go on. Let's go on to the next guy, and I'll, I'll kickstart us here. Um, sorry, I'm stealing your guy, Taylor. No. Oh. Oh. Our next one on the list, the one and only, the goat. The the Lu Tang Clan, <laughs> Dortal Combat, Dortal Combat, the Dortcher Chamber himself, Lou Dort. For the season, Lou averaged fourteen points a game uh, on thirty nine percent shooting. He was thirty four percent from three on six point three attempts a game. Uh, one point seven assists, three point six rebounds. Let's put that in comparison to his previous season. Lou over doubled his points per game. He over doubled his assists per game. Uh, he over doubled his three point attempts per game and jumped by four percentage points. Uh, he did drop a little bit on his two point percentage points. He nearly doubled his free throw attempts per game. Um, he, yeah, I mean, his jump from last season to this season, massive. And I think he, from from last season, this season, Lou has proven to us that he is not just a defensive specialist, that he can offer you something offensively. Uh, at worst, he is a very confident offensive player, which is what you want very much. I mean, go talk to Terrence Ferguson about losing your confidence on offense. Lou also just turned 22 years old in April, uh, incre- incredibly young on Arguably the best contract in the NBA. Um, I'm trying to find him here. Lou next season will make 1.7 million, and the season after that will make 1.9 million. Just an absolute steal of a contract. I think if he went on the open market this summer, he's looking at 12 to 15 million dollars a year. So the Thunder have an absolute steal in him. Taylor, one of the biggest things just for the Thunder season in general this year for me was the growth of Lou Dort. 100%, especially. um, I think the most interesting thing to me was even when Shea was out long-term, when they initially diagnosed him with plantar fasciitis and he was sitting out, uh, Lou was kind of, they kind of had him like sitting every other game um, trying to rest him as well because, you know, he battled uh, some minor injuries throughout the season. But when Lou was the focal point, on both ends of the floor, for that matter. I mean, on the offensive end, he still was putting up ridiculous numbers without Shea, with taking a bigger role on the offensive end. We saw his offense develop, and that's something that was extremely um, exciting for, for all Thunder fans and, and really kind of a bright spot in what otherwise was kind of a rough um, end to the season of you know losing games and whatnot. Like seeing Lou do what he did and take the steps, uh, especially on the offensive end that he did, was really fun. Um, but not only that, just some of the moments, like you mentioned, that he gave us. Obviously, you have the the game winner, right? Where he's he's kind of doing the now famous Booker pose, where he's yeah <laughs> his back with his hands up, everybody swarming him. Um, again, a, a game winning three that just I, I, seeing Lou do that of all people uh, after struggling some. I mean, I know I know he had his his playoffs. He he had his game seven um, that we've talked about from the bubble, but. Seeing him do that was such a fun moment. But then obviously the biggest, 
the biggest thing that sticks out to me is the Doherty 40. Versus the Jazz, nonetheless, he's he's guarding Donovan Mitchell the entire time. Um, I don't want to say he shut Donovan Mitchell, you know, down or by any means, but definitely played solid defense on him, held him to a pretty respectable stat line. Meanwhile, he has 42 points, a career high, on seven made three-point attempts, a career high. Only one player has scored more points before turning 22 in OKC franchise history. That was Kevin Durant. Um, Dort was also the second player in Thunder franchise. Well, I mentioned that, 21 or younger, joining KD. Uh, but he's, he was also the youngest player in franchise history that same game with 40 points and four steals, just to mention him doing it on both ends of the floor. Another fun stat, fifth undrafted uh, player in the last 30 years to score 40-plus in a game, which is kind of fun names. Uh, Damian Wilkins, C.J. Watson, Anthony Morrow, and Fred Van Vliet. And then there's that stretch. You know, I, I talked about the 42-point game, but uh, the two games prior, he had 29 points, four rebounds, two assists, 26 points, six rebounds, two assists. Again, this is always Shea out. It's just him. Continue, sorry, I keep talking into my microphone because I have it right here <laughs> out of habit for getting my phone like, down <laughs> That's here funny. where I usually hold it. <laughs> that, oh, man. Anyways, um, like I just I, – I mentioned all of that to say – seeing what Lou was able to do without Shea was so exciting. And I think, um, like we've talked about Lou and Shea playing alongside CP3 last season, that paying dividends down the road. And, and we kind of started to see that with both of those players this season. But I think even more so, Lou doing what he did, um, having more opportunity to develop his offensive game. We know what he can do on the defensive end. Like, for example, when he was guarding LeBron, another very fun moment there when he's moving his hands all around that final possession and shuts him down and LeBron misses a, a – a shot in the clutch. Um, that's a fun memory as well. But all that to say, I, I think we're going to see this pay dividends for Lou moving forward, um, getting to play like he was without Shea. Completely agree. Yeah. And Trey in the chat says door and Bays, for that matter are also now about to get their first real off season and summer league. Uh, so point. this year is going to be interesting for them. Yes. Uh, completely agree. Good it's going to be really important for both of them to, to get a full off season of weightlifting, of being in the gym with the NBA coaches and all that. So uh, very, very important for them as well. So uh, that's a great point there by Trey. Taylor, at the end of the day, when I'm looking at expectations, I'm looking at impact on winning. Uh, I'm looking at contract. I'm looking at stats. Dort gets a, an A for me. Oh, yeah. I, I was even going to say A-plus just because I don't know if any of us knew really what to expect with the season in general. And to do what he did with that, like I said, that um, that bigger platform, I think, uh, especially with Shea out. Um, but I, I think A's fair. A's very fair. Yeah, he's he has been incredible. Um, God, you got to love Lou, man. Everyone yeah. around the league loves Lou. <laughs> But I think that's the other thing too is like he kind of cemented himself this this season. I don't want to call him a like a a core building block in terms of like a superstar you build around like the Thunder building around Shea, but he certainly is very very close to untouchable. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It'd have to be a very intriguing deal for the Thunder to move on from Blue. Um, like you said, especially with his contract, but even more so. Yeah, that play. contract is just so good. Uh, Nate in the chat says, just because we gave Shea an A, he would go A- minus for Lou. Um, Shea is definitely better than Lou Dor. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Uh, but I think when you look at contract and expectation, um, Lou gets a, a nice little bump there. Trey says, A+, plus, pleasure to have in class. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like any good team, Hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Um, okay. Taylor, you get to lead us off on this next one. Uh, we're going to one of the rookies of the team this year, Teo Maladone. Teo. So Teo, uh, speaking of a guy, uh, I don't – kind of mix expectations heading into it. Um, drafted late in the, in, in the draft, uh, a guy that uh, – Tony Parker protege. You know, we talked about that quite a bit heading into the season. Tony Parker saying that – What? Tony was, Parker protege? I haven't even heard this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was mentioned once or twice on Twitter, I think. <laughs> and then obviously the Tony Parker quote saying that, you know, um, that he would have been, you know, up there with Killian Hayes uh, if they had similar platforms, whatever, whatever the case was, similar similar roles on their teams. And so I, I really wasn't sure what to expect with Teo. Um, but I will say after those first couple of preseason games, I'm going to toot my own horn here. Jacob, we had our uh, preseason bets, and one of my preseason bets was that after All-Star break, Teo would be starting alongside Shea Gilles-Alexander. Now, Shea Gilles-Alexander may have been injured, but Teo was starting nevertheless. <laughs> I think that counts. <laughs> and he did really well, I think, with his 
his playing time as overall. Again, some definitely some working mistakes. And when you're handling the offense like that, that's going to be tough. But the thing that stuck out to me the most about Teo um, on offense, I mean, he has great, great vision. Some of those passes he made were just like next level, um, <laughs> pretty incredible. Like, you didn't really expect that from him. I think that's only going to continue. Now, he did have his fair share of turnovers, and that's going to happen, especially with, again, the the lines that they were throwing out there in the latter half of the season. Um, but the most impressive thing on offense has been, for me, was Taylor's three-point shooting. Uh, the most three points made by teenage rookies, Taylor ranked 10th. Um, the players in front of him are kind of interesting. You have Devin Booker, Stephon Mar- Marbury, uh, Jason Tatum, Jamal Murray, Kevin Knox, which is really funny. He's up fifth. <laughs> D'Lo, Kobe White, Anthony Edwards, Luca. Pretty uh, great list to be a part of. Uh, he also broke the the single rookie made three-point record for OKC this season. So that was really uh, big as well. And then also his defense. Uh, he held up really well on the defensive end of the floor, guarding opposing point guards, some really good point guards at that. And I think what he showed me, Jacob, is that he can – I mean, this is tough because you have quite a few talented guards that we'd love to see paired with Shea at the top of this upcoming draft if the Thunder are fortunate to land a top-five pick. But even then, Teo showed that he can be a, a super versatile ball handler guard that can play alongside a Shea, that can play alongside other ball handlers and scorers and still be able to contribute on both ends. Um, so I was very impressed with Teo overall. Um can't wait to continue to see his growth. I think this is a, you know, we talked about this being a big offseason for Poku, gaining weight and size and continuing to hone in on his game. Um, you know, we, we've talked about Shea and Lou and some of these other guys, but I think this is a big offseason for Teo as well. So uh, very high on Teo. I agree. Um, here's my thing about Teo is, ooh, Thunder Dustin in the chat says, Teo equals young, old George Hill. Young, old George ooh. Hill. I like that. I, I like think that. you're being like young, like the older prime, version. Prime or, uh, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> our boy Nick, live from the beach of Costa Rica <laughs> in the chat saying Teo is the bench, best French player in the NBA. I love it. <laughs> All the smoke for the Utah fans. For I love it, Nick. The year, or the uh, defense player of the year. Here is my thing with Teo, Taylor. Um, he is a very solid basketball player. He's under control. He's not rushed. Um, For the most part, for a rookie, he makes the right plays and and the right reads. Uh, Nothing there I worry about. He does lack a sense of explosiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's, uh, like, like Thunder Dustin says, he's super poised and under control. But sometimes you want that little bit of recklessness just because you want them to try some shit. Right. Right. And to me, that puts a pretty defined ceiling on what Teo can be in the league. Um, I hate putting ceilings on guys because I, I look like a jackass because I do. And then they blow those ceilings out of the water. Um, I like Teo a lot. But to me, his ceiling is like a a bench game manager type of player, right? Like I think I not, not, not style of play, but like cr- tr- career trajectory. I see a little bit of like DJ Augustine here. Yeah. Or like a uh, Rubio. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't think his ceiling is super high, but I think for what he is and where he was picked, uh, he is just fine. 
Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how he develops moving forward. But yeah, he he gave me more than I expected as far as expectations right. this year, for sure. Right. For sure. Uh, you mentioned his defense a little bit. Uh, he's got to get better defensively. Um, and again, he, he was, just a, stronger. I mean, he was just a 19-year-old rookie. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, you, you can't hold it against him. But like, I remember whenever they played the Golden State Warriors and Tao just had no clue what the F was going on. Right. You know, um, so that's uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, our guy Thunder Dustin actually wants to hop up here real quick and I think has some Tao thoughts. So let's get ah, Dustin go. in here. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me up. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good man. How are you? Good. I just wanted to share a funny little tidbit about Tao. So like, <laughs> I love I, it. I, I cover the draft, um, you know, pretty much every year. And like, I'm, I'm in a huge like draft chat on Twitter where, you know, there's guys from all different backgrounds, you know, some are just casual, you know, casuals and just do it as a hobby. And some are actually involved in agencies and stuff like that. And we talk about these players all year. And, and last year, I remember specifically, we had one guy in our chat that had Teo Maladon number one overall. And when I asked him why he had num- Teo number one on his big board, he said he projects to be the best shooter out of all of these guys. And wouldn't you know it, he comes into the league and just tears it up um, from a three-point shooting standpoint. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Teo, I, you know, it's not surprising to me that he's shooting well. His form coming in was amazing. And, and yeah. Jacob, you hit the nail on the head. Um, he plays with a lot of control. One of the things that really stood out to me that I knew would help his translation immediately to the NBA was he's just incredibly patient uh, as a ball handler. While he doesn't have that explosiveness and that athleticism that you would like to have from uh, you know a lead ball handler, um, he just he waits for the right uh, the right situation to develop, the right play to develop, um, waits for that window to open, and and he makes you know just amazing passes, and, and that really opens things up for the offense, but. You know, defensively, um, you know, due to his lack of, you know, explosiveness, um, it does tend to hinder him. Um, he needs to get a little stronger, but hey, he's super young, um, still has a lot of uh, a lot of room to grow. But uh, but yeah, I just wanted to share that. I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. I'm big fan of Teo um, Thunder. Hey, thanks, Dustin. That's no, that's stuff, yeah. that's awesome, and I, I love that perspective. Um, yeah, and you know, he did shoot the ball, Taylor, really well this season. Uh, you definitely have to give that up to him. And there has to be something said for for that patience coming from a 19-year-old coming to the best league, the best basketball league in the world, right? There is right. a you, – you hear all the time about how players get to the NBA and the game is just fast and it takes it a while. A lot of players say the game has slowed down for me, right? For Teo to be able to come in and, and play patiently – um, and, and just be a game manager like he is. Um, I mean, that, that shows a huge level of maturity that a lot of rookies don't have. At 100%. Like you said, I think that, um, that sense of professionalism that he gained playing overseas, playing alongside other pros, it definitely showed early on. Um, like both of you guys mentioned just now, Dustin and Jacob, both the, the poise, I think is huge for Teo. Um, I think the biggest question and the most interesting thing to keep an eye on, is just like you said, Jacob, is ceiling. Um, and especially like as OKC continues to and Presley continues to build this roster, build this team, you know, where does he really fit with that? Is he a six man? Uh, it, it's just, it's going to be really interesting. Totally agree. So Taylor, where are we grading Tao at? Ooh, I think 
for this season specifically, his rookie season, um, and taking like even some of his struggles um, in that latter part of the season when he was the you know the the main uh, the main point for the offense, um, or facilitator of the offense. I think I'm gonna give him a B. I think B is... we come back like next season and grade him lower <laughs> if you yeah, take, take, take enough jump. I think B is fair. I think B yeah. is fair. All right, our last guy, and I will start us off on this one, a guy that I am very, very excited to talk about. Our last player in the player grades for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We have Ty Jerome. Love it. Yeah, so let's jump into Ty a little bit here. Uh, did not play the beginning of the season due to a pretty severe an- ankle strain, ankle strain, ankle sprain that uh, he suffered I think on the first day of camp, Taylor, if that yep. is correct, yep. um, was out all the way up until he went down to the G League bubble, got some time there, and then came back up and then played a lot for the Thunder. Uh, learning this live on the pod here for the first time, Basketball Reference has Ty Jerome's nickname as Milk. Milk. I saw that. That was uh, that was interesting. Um, our, our good friends over at the Timeline Podcast, a Blue Wire, um, Phoenix Suns podcast, they're very busy right now. But they told us heading into the season that Phoenix Suns fans like to call him Tiger Jerome, especially when he gets shooting. Like we got to got to see him get hot from three uh, quite a bit this season. I love it. Tiger Jerome. <laughs> Hit up Justin. Let's get the shirts made. Yeah, there we go. Um, Ty played 33 games this year, uh, only 31 last season. This season, he averaged 10.7 points a game, 2.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists, uh, shot a blistering 42.3% from the three-point line on five attempts a game, Um, 57% effective field goal percentage. Taylor, I've talked about about Ty a lot during the season. The kids just got juice, man. Like he walks out on the court and he thinks he is the best player out there. And I absolutely freaking love it. Like he's got so much sauce. He does not care the way he plays, the way he passes, the way he pulls up just elite level confidence guy. And I, I just love the hell out of it. I am a big Ty Jerome fan. Uh, Ty will be 24 years old. Um, before the draft hits, he'll be 24 on July 8th. Uh, so a little bit on the older side, but still two more years left on his rookie scale deal. Um, I had no clue what my expectations were for Ty coming in, yep. uh, but I've been very pleasantly surprised with how he's played with the style of basketball he plays. This is going to sound blasphemous, and the people listening to the podcast are probably going to yell at their phones or at their car radio or whatever, scream in the gym when they hear this. The people hot in the chat sound. right now, yeah, the hot, I need to get the hot take sounder <laughs> on here. The people in the chat here on Locker Room are probably going to blow up and, and leave the room. I am not comparing Ty to this player, okay? Are we clear? I am just saying he has shades of this player in his game. Okay. He has a little bit of Steph Curry in him. Oh, <laughs> that but you're he's not nowhere wrong. near Steph Curry. Don't get me wrong. He's, he yeah, is like correct. 
the homeless man's Steph Curry, not even the poor man, the homeless man's Steph Curry, but the way he shoots from distance, his passing, just his swagger out there. He's got some, some Steph to him. And I freaking love he's it. Just man. Like, and he's also slow. He's slow Steph, but I like that because like you said, I, I mean that, that shooting form is just so pure. Um, <laughs> he can he shoot the shit the out of it, man. And he can shoot it from deep. Like he's, really, yeah, he's six five. He's got some nice size to him. But the other thing too is you look at his assist numbers, like you mentioned. It. I mean, he has the most assists or the second most assists behind Shea on the team. Um, again, a little more limited sample size compared to some of the other players who played the entire season. But regardless, um, I really love what we saw from Ty, and, and not only that, Jacob, but like you said, not only is he not afraid to shoot the ball, he's not afraid to, to drive to the rim either um, and either create for teammates or try and finish around the rim. Yeah, uh, dude, I love his passing. I love his passing. Yes, his he's, vision is big time. He's he's just so much fun. Um, and Taylor, whenever I look at, at Ty Jerome, I don't see like, ooh, Shea's running mate in the backcourt or whatever. Like, that's not a thing. But I see a guy who is – has the, the chance to be a, a career like sixth man spark plug, uh, like super sub come in and run the offense type of guy, just like gunner. One hundred percent. I yeah, I agree completely. I, and and you and you need those types of guys. And man, I just I love watching this kid play. I cannot find a stat. There was, and it was a very limited stat. But um, Valley Sports tweeted out at one point an image. Or sorry, not tweeted out. They uh, on their broadcast had an image in um, the second half of the season when Ty was playing really well, going through a really good stretch, and like there, it was a certain stretch of games. Again, it was a kind of a selective stat, but still a, a big enough sample size that made me like, you know, I, I think I even tweeted it out, and I can't find it now, of course. But regardless, he ranked like top ten in bench scores, <laughs> um, during, in, in, for in the league. For like a, again, I can't remember. I want to say it was like a month or two month period. So just seeing his growth, I think overall is something that was really uh, promising to me. And and like you said, just, I think that mentality that he has on both ends of the four can take him very far. Um, And obviously the Thunder really like him as well. Yeah. Hey, how about this for a comp? A little bit slower Dennis Schroeder. Huh. Eh, I don't. I don't know about that because I don't like view Dennis as like a three point threat. Very. I mean, that's I, true. He shoots respectable, um, but I, I like the role. I, like it's the same. Okay. Type what of about role. what about let's go Steph's brother? Yeah, Seth. I like that. I, I, see I, I like Seth that a lot. Like I think Ty Jerome could be like a in the running for six men of the year kind of guy. Eventually oh, wow. in his career. Wow. See that's. That's pretty big, but Is like that too high. Again, you you compare him to a guy like Jordan Clarkson, and like it's not far fetched to think that Ty Jerome could be there in two years. <laughs> you want to talk about the guy with the greenest light in the NBA, Jordan freaking Clarkson? Yeah, right. No kidding. Yeah, you have Ty Jerome slow mo and uh, Jordan Clarkson like the Flash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey Taylor, we have some people that want to hop up and I think speak uh, about Ty Jerome real quick. So let's get Beautiful. them up here. Uh, I'm going to jump Marcus Kruger and Thunder Dustin getting back up here again. Marcus, did you have some Ty Jerome thoughts? Uh, I was just going to say uh, Del Curry. Uh, Ooh. Ooh, that's well, just I keeping like it all in the Curry family, yeah. man. I like it. <laughs> I like that comp. Dustin, what do you have? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so um, I, I just wanted to kind of like uh, touch on, you know, where Ty Jerome was at before he was traded to the Thunder because, you know, it's just funny to me that like so many people are just like, oh, wow, like Ty Jerome, what a surprise. But like if you if you go back, you can I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. If you go back and you watch, you know, some of his like full game like highlights uh, when he was with Phoenix towards the end of the season. Um, I think before he got hurt, uh, he was defending at a very high level. Um, you know, not obviously not like a, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league or anything, but like at, he's kind of a bulldog, though. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like he 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 moves his feet well. He's extremely smart. He's got an extremely high basketball IQ, which which you know definitely helps him out because he's not the most athletic guy, but he's not. He's not like unathletic at all. Right. Um, you know, he's just sort of like you know, like decently average, and and that's that's okay in the NBA, right? But uh, you know, this guy can you know he can pass the rock. You know, he was shooting it well in Phoenix. Uh, he was just doing everything, and you know, people just sort of saw him as this like you know throw in in the CP three trade. Um, but I thought he was like, you know, one of the main pieces that, that Presti probably asked for because, I mean, I mean, the, the guy can just flat out play. I mean, if you watched him at Virginia, I mean, he was a, he was a big time, you know, he, he's got game. And it, to me, it was just like, oh, does he come back? I think it was a foot injury he had, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I wrote about him, you know, earlier in the season and I talked about if he, if he can get healthy from that foot injury, he's going to be a contributor for us. And he's done exactly that. But I kind of like see him as sort of like a, um, sort of like a, like Rondo with a shot because Rondo can defend, you know, like late stage Rondo, of course, like Rondo can defend. I do like that. He's like Rondo with range. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's, he's, he's got some size, you know, over other point guards. One thing we haven't mentioned is the size. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, he, again, like the, these, I don't want to call them jumbo point guards, but I think that's a good point. Um, cause that does help them on the, especially on the defensive end of the floor. I, I think that's important to look at. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's just, he just has a really good understanding of like, you know, what defenses are doing and, and, and what is available to him. And I think that's something that, you know, Rondo has also absolutely displayed throughout his career, just understanding like, okay, I can get to the spot. I can't get to the spot and, and here's what's going to be open. And, um, and, but he can, he can actually shoot it. Right. And, and that's what, you know, um, he might not be the same defender that Rondo is, but I think that, you know, it's okay because he can hit that three and he's going to be a really good role player. Um, you know, like you said, maybe a bench spark plug, for, you know, some contender in the near future, I would guess, because I think with like on our trajectory, I, I think, um, you know, Ty Jerome probably uh, gets moved in a deal, um, if I had to guess. But uh, it, it'll be because age. we're bringing yeah. in a, a younger guy with with more upside because that's just the Presty way. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot, Dustin. And like like I've I'm just going to reiterate what I've said here multiple times. He's just. He's my guy, man. And maybe my favorite thing about him is the Ty Shea bromance. Yeah, uh, those, that's, those, that's a good point. That's those two dudes really like each other, and and that makes me enjoy it even more. So, Taylor, we have to give a grade for Ty Jerome. Uh, what are you going to go with here? 
So uh, my guy Silver, always coming in the clutch, he found the image for me. Now, granted, it doesn't give a range just since April 8th. <laughs> so this is towards the end of the season, though, when they when they posted this, and it's still pretty pretty impressive. Uh, total points off the bench. You have Derrick Rose at first with 240, D'Lo with 237 in second, Mello, Carmelo, with 224 at three, Frank Jackson, that's kind of interesting, 217 at four, Jordan Clarkson, potential six-man of the year candidate, or definitely a candidate. Potentially he he won six man. Or he did. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm getting okay. Yeah, he already won it. Uh, so with 186, Ty Jerome with 185. Uh, again, limit, limited um, as well because of his, his injury. So pretty impressive there with Ty. All that being said, I think I want to give Ty like an A minus, just all factors given, you know, especially the expectations factor, which I've talked a lot about on this podcast. Um, Taylor's generous with the grades, man. You should not be a teacher, Taylor. You just pass everybody. <laughs> for everyone. I'm giving Ty, Ty a B plus. Okay, I like that. I'm giving him a B plus. Uh, so to recap our night, Taylor, we gave Svi Mahailuk a B minus and said that he will probably not be back with the Thunder. We gave Lou Dorton A. We gave Teo Maladone a B and Ty Jerome a B plus. If you want to hear all of our other grades for guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Kenrich Williams, Poku, Isaiah Roby, Darius Baisley, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, make sure to listen to the previous episodes where we have graded all those guys. Um, but, Taylor, this has been a fun uh, a, a fun little activity for us. Activity is not the right Definitely. word. It sounds like we're uh, <laughs> fun, uh, putting together fun. Legos in the bedroom. Um <laughs> A, a fun uh, thought experiment, I guess, on, on grading these guys and, and kind of looking forward to the future. Um, I, I'm excited to see what the Thunder do over the offseason and, and what types of players we get to give letter grades for this time yes. next year. So Yes, and starting next week, starting a, a little draft prospect breakdown. I have to get Thunder Dustin up here since I... Uh, I didn't realize he's covering the draft. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yes, and next week I will not be on the Wednesday show. Taylor and some of the other co-hosts will be on Wednesday uh, to run that. Um, we will do a little bit of draft preview, I think, next Wednesday, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. And then the next talk as well. Yep, the next Wednesday after that is June 23rd, which is a day after the NBA draft lottery. And I, of course, will be out of town, but nevertheless, if, uh, I mean, I, I should be touched down in my destination and get to watch the lottery. I just, just won't be in Oklahoma. <laughs> so, um, can't wait to get into draft stuff. We have a ton of draft guests lined up. Uh, depending on where the Thunder's picks fall, we're going to get a lot of guests on to talk about specific players. Cannot freaking wait for it, Taylor. Uh, it is going to be a blast. It's also uh, very convenient that all of the uncontested hosts have scheduled our vacations staggered. Uh, That's true. Call me, call me our Nick this week, yeah. me next week, you in two weeks. <laughs> that way we're all fresh and ready to go and whenever poor June, or July gets here. Without internet and his house is fried and just... Actually, poor Justin. Back, but still, yeah. Poor well. Justin. All right, well... Uh, Taylor, any parting thoughts before we get off of here? We do have some uh, Horford and Kim for Kimba and Horford for KP talk. We'll uh, we'll dive into that. Be sure to tune in on Friday. We'll have our our 
next locker room hangout of the week. And yes, definitely. And we'll probably we'll probably talk that on Sunday on the live stream as well because the sure. Sunday show will go up in podcast form. And I want to make sure we get on the record with our uh, our Kemba and Porzingis talk. Actually, Taylor, uh, to preview a little bit for Sunday, which speaking of, I will not be on the show Sunday. Um, <laughs> I posted a tweet today asking people – who is a, a great like buy low candidate that's still on their rookie scale deal who needs a change of scenery? Got a lot of interesting like that names question. that we could talk about as well. So love it. Yes, very good. All right. Well, guys, we will get out of here. Make sure you tune in Friday night on the locker room app as we'll be hosting a hangout. And then Sunday, 9 p.m. Central Time, as always, for the live stream. Until then, you guys have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the NBA playoffs, and we will chat with you soon. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.